The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. Welcome to the POD cast, the pride of Detroit podcast here after a big week 17 win over the Chicago Bears. Uh, our adequate host, Chris Perfett, has the day off, so I will be your adequate host this week. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the producer over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. You can find the podcast everywhere, probably where you're already listening. That's where you can find it as well. Uh, with me for a two-man show again this week. We we both missed out last week, uh, maybe, maybe on purpose, because that game was a lot less fun to talk about than this one will be. Uh, senior editor of Pride of Detroit, or as he's uh, more famously known on the POD cast, The Rock God. Black is the motherfucking rock god. Ryan Matthews is here at Ryan underscore POD. Ryan, how we feeling? Dude, not so adequate of an intro right there. Like, I, you know, it, I almost said first bite though. I like, I almost, I almost oh. slipped, but yeah. Well, you know, uh, look how far we've come since the Spotify live green room Q and a <laughs> sessions. Um, but Look how far the Detroit Lions have come in 17 weeks, huh? Yeah, uh, 40, what is it, 41 to 10 is the final score. Uh, Lions just put a hurting on the Chicago Bears. Um, we're going to get into a lot of things this podcast. We'll we'll talk, obviously, about the, the game and kind of our feelings on it, um, what it meant for the Detroit Lions. We'll get into some individual performances because there are definitely a couple guys we need to talk about. And then most of all, we'll we'll talk playoff picture because uh, I think that's what everyone is really interested in. Because hey, the Lions uh, are are still in it, and we're we're heading into the final week of the season. Um, so we'll talk about all that sort of stuff. But let's just kind of start with our uh, our, our typical uh, initial reactions here, Ryan. Um, what what stuck out to you about this game? What does it mean to you? Um, is there is there a sense of relief? Is it is it? I don't know. What, just what's your overall take? I guess on this on this win. I I, <laughs> I was going to say that the one thing that I felt like I, I was walking away with from this game after the first drive was my God, Aaron Glenn needs to go back to the drawing board this, <laughs> the, this off season. And uh-huh. uh, I, I think that Calvin Shepard needs to become much more uh, open to the idea of spying with a, <laughs> with a linebacker uh, mm-hmm. when, when you want to, when you want to play man, man coverage so much. So, um, but then the biggest turnaround of turnarounds happens and 
this was Justin Fields' worst performance as a passer, I think, ever in his young NFL career. Like, I mean, it doesn't get much worse than, what was it, Jeremy? 30 net yards passing? Yeah, 75 total yards, 45 sack yards, so a total of 30 net passing yards in this game. 7 of 21? I mean, it's horrible. Uh, it's horrible, but 10 carries for 132 yards, not so bad. But I mean, some of those yards were him literally lined up as a running back. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, it, it was good to see the Lions put put the clamps on a, a running game that seemed like it was going to have have some success today. But then I think the Lions defense and and their offense you know, was was just too much. And, and I, I think, I think, I mean, there's a lot to talk about in terms of what the lions did defensively um, and, and how they were able to rattle fields as a passer. But I mean, there's so many awesome things that happened on offense too. Like yeah. the run game. I know it was the bears, but back welcome, in a big way, right? Welcome back. Yeah. And well, I mean, we'll get to individual performances, but I uh, spoiler, we're going to talk about Deandre Swift in a positive way in a big positive way. Um, but yeah, I mean, the offense looked like um, what we're accustomed to seeing and and they did what you absolutely should do against the 32nd ranked defense in the league. And you you, you hang 40 on them. Um, Jared Goff, I, I mean, continues to look like an absolute stud, continues to have one of the best stretches of his career. In fact, he said after the game that he feels like he's playing the best ball he's ever played. And and everyone's getting in, involved. He threw it to he completed passes to ten different receivers in this game. He targeted eleven. JMO was the one that didn't get a catch, but we'll talk about him a little bit as well. And so yeah, like this is this is the Lions taking care of business. And I think that's my takeaway because some some dark thoughts I think had crept into some Lions fans' head after last week, including my own, which is if this team loses the final three games of the season, how much of the goodwill that they built up through that six and one stretch would be completely gone. And I think the answer is at least some, right? Because it, you know, the narrative of the season would be the Lions absolutely imploded when, when they actually had pressure on them, they, they still don't know how to win big games. So-and-so, but the Lions came into this game. They, they faced a bad opponent who is dangerous still, you know, they, they, they play hard. They, they keep most games close and they absolutely took care of business. And, and, I think it says a lot about Dan Campbell. I think it says a lot about the players in this in this room that they didn't let just such an awful performance against Carolina beat them down and and let that be the story of the season. No, they bounced back in a huge way. As as Dan Campbell kept putting it, they 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 reassumed their identity. And I think I think one of the neatest parts about today was the fact that they when when they ran through the tunnel, they announced the offensive line and the defensive line. I've never seen anything like that, but it, it it sent a message right away. They're like, oh, they're really serious about last week getting their ass beat in the trenches. We're not going to let that happen again. And listen, Bears offensive line, Bears defensive line, both pretty bad. They should dominate in the trenches in a game like this. But still, it was it was an interesting attack to the week, and and they really succeeded at every level that they could. Well, you keep on saying they should have done this. They should have done that. And then they did do that, right? And and I think that's your overarching point is yeah. like the Lions took care of business. And as Dan Campbell said in his uh, you know post game locker room speech, he he mentioned you know we bought ourselves another week. Yeah. Like we're still in the playoffs for at least another week, and, and we're going to see where this goes. And I I think that's where today was such a roller coaster because that first Bears drive was like, oh no, like. <laughs> This team, this team clearly hasn't shaken off last week and the Bears just moved the ball down the field almost effortlessly. I know they got helped by a penalty, but I mean, the, the run plays were were huge gashes. They were explosive plays and then they were they were in the end zone courtesy of another Bears tight end touchdown, which seems like something that you need to have on your bingo sheet and you don't want to have in your drinking game because uh, <laughs> you're, you're definitely, you're definitely going to drink yourself under the table. But then in an instant it it, it flipped Jeremy. And, yeah. and that was the thing. It was like, okay, you had this sense of almost dread overcoming you in the beginning. And then the lines completely squashed that they, they, they so completely put that to bed and, they keep on saying this and they keep on talking about this, but it was like, it was a three phase win again. Yeah. And the, the lions did everything in their power to 
to to move themselves on to next week and survive in advance at this point. And and this was the big test. Like I, I I totally agree with you. A lot of that goodwill probably gets dried up if in the last three weeks of the season you lose to the Panthers, you lose to the Bears, and then who knows what happens in Green Bay. And obviously we're going to talk about that later. But I. I, I do think that it's the um, it's the inverse of last year, right? Like at the end of the season, the Lions built up a lot of goodwill for themselves, um, beating teams like, you know, the Cardinals and that went over the Vikings and 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 beating the Packers in the final week. Yeah. And, you know, the inverse could have been true. And this could have been the game that the Lions really let get away from them. And it seemed like it was going to, and then it didn't. Yeah. And that's a big takeaway. Yeah. And I would say... The Bears' early success, I still felt it was a little fluky. It didn't quite feel the same as the Panthers started the game, where they're just oh, like, agreed. agreed, you know, twenty yard rush there, twenty yard rush there. It was okay. Justin Fields scrambled for sixty yards. That's going to happen. Let's try to make sure it doesn't happen a lot, but that's going to happen. And then the other, they they really had two big plays. It was that. It was the the kind of direct the direct snap to to commit pitch, which was yeah, actually, where he lined up under center yeah. and he pitched it. Yeah, really cool play, by the way. Um, yeah. And so, like, I was like, OK, if we if we can maybe just get that under control, we're we're, we're probably not going to get dominated on the line of s- scrimmage. And so uh, I didn't feel like it was out of control necessarily. But I mean, yeah, there is a natural inclination. You give I mean, everyone's post everyone on Twitter is posting. Justin Fields has 100 rushing yards in the first quarter. Like, OK, that felt some that, that felt familiar. Um, but man, I. Like looking at some of these stats, the the way they turned it around, almost like you said, almost on a dime. You want to guess how many net yards the Chicago Bears had for the entire second half? It couldn't have been a lot. Um, was it was it under seventy five? It is. It's fifty. Oh my god! Yeah, 50. well, that, that shouldn't be surprising because they couldn't pass the ball, Jeremy. No. And and that's. That that's a big development, you know. I think some a little bit lost in the Lions getting gashed on the ground the last couple of weeks is the fact that their secondary has not played pretty well, um, given up a lot of big plays over the top. And Justin Fields did not complete a single pass over the top, if I'm not mistaken. Everything what happened underneath. Um, and you know, a couple couple good pass pass breakups. We got a late one from Iffy, which which kind of felt good to see. And the pass rush, right? Like the pass rush was all over Justin Fields today. Uh, seven sacks, I think it was, that they they finished with. Um, and and again, we'll get into individual performances there. But I, I would say there's still a lingering amount of concern with the run defense. You know, it wasn't great all game. Um, even even Khalil Herbert, I think, finished with what six two a carry. You know, him and David Montgomery eleven carries for what is that fifty five yards? So five five a carry ish, um, which is not great. And you're, you're, you're coming up against a Packers team that can run the ball pretty well, but everything else, I I, I feel like that's you're, you're nitpicking in this game at, at this point, because everything else seemed to be going just fine. Yeah. I mean, including Aiden Hutchinson in zone coverage, like, <laughs> <laughs> right. um, yeah, I, 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 I think, I, I think the, the, the big takeaway is that, Again, the Lions took care of business against an opponent that they needed to take care of business against, and they did it in an emphatic way. Yeah, you know, you can only beat the opponent that that's a, you know on the other side of the ball, and they they did that, and they did that in all three phases again, and, and I think that was the most impressive thing. Um, I, I know before we get into like into individual performances and things like that in the next segment, um, the, and there's plenty to be said about so many different players. I just want to circle back on the run game real quick that the lions were able to I mean, they were able to impose their will all game long and they did it in a variety of ways. And I think that was the cool thing um, in this game was, Hey, it's not just Deandre Swift on, you know, bouncing some plays outside and taking advantage of a, a, a weak bears run defense, especially on the edges. It was Jamal Williams. Like, I mean, he was, he Pretty was high. I yeah. Today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, I mean, he averaged six and a half yards of carry. He did have that long of 58, but like he was, he, he was six yards in a cloud of dust Yeah, because the way that he was running was hard in between the tackles. It was, as you said, Jeremy, like this was them getting their identity back and this game, like very reminiscent of like the team that you saw in week one against Philadelphia. 
Was it not? Because yeah. you 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 got the big DeAndre Swift game. Like, what a what a sight to see you know him back. But like, I mean, thirty six carries for I think it was two sixty two. Um, and that's subtracting the Nate Sudfield uh, you know, victory yeah. formation. So, I mean, you got to be happy with that. I mean, that is this is the quintessential Dan Campbell victory. Yeah, I, I don't think there's really any any better way to put it. it it's it's exactly what the Lions want to be. And it's, a, it's it, you know, when when Dan Campbell says at the beginning of the year, like the, the Detroit Lions are the team that can and will like this is what he was talking about in every sense of the word, like everything uh that, that the lines want to do what they can do what they're built to do right now was on the field on on Sunday and and like like we said it I think we really need to underline it it means so much to have them bounce back like this after last week and it's uh, and it speaks so much to the character of of everyone in that building that it it's just it's back to work it's let's get better let's let's not lose ourselves because of one screw up and yeah it would have been nice if they didn't have that screw up We'd be we'd be in a in a much different mood right now, and the next couple segments when we're talking about the playoffs would be a very different picture. And the reason why I'm okay with it is because this is a young team, because they had built. Yeah, I mean, listen, next year they're not going to go one and six. They're not going to be in the situation where they have to go nine and one down the stretch to make the playoffs. And so you 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 can afford a slip up like that. You, you don't want it. And it's probably going to be less likely because you're going to be a better football team, but it happens. It happens to everyone. And so it's an, it was an unfortunate timing for the lions, but again, being able to bounce back, being able to say, Hey, we're going to be in this damn thing for one more week. At least I, I gained a ton of respect for everyone in that locker room, everyone in that building today, because oh, yeah, I don't, like I said, I, I, there was some dark, dark thoughts starting to creep in. <laughs> Um, yeah, easily. And, and, and who knows? I mean, like, yeah, I, I feel like I tend to agree with Dan Campbell and him, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, uh, of course, but essentially him saying something along the lines of like, Hey, you know, we almost like needed the Carolina game to, to ground us in a way and to like, mm-hmm. you know, not let us get like too high on ourselves and, and think that like this winning thing is really easy and we can just do it week in week out. Um, it sucks that it had to happen at the time it did, but I think that this was always a learning season. And and I know maybe we can talk about this more in the third segment. Um, but as far as and the season's not over, like we, we can't, right. we can't eulogize the season already because we have, we, we still have more football to go. Yep. Uh, and we'll get to that more football coming up uh, in our last segment when we talk about the playoffs and talk about obviously Green Bay lingering there in week 18, but we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to get into some individual performances, give some praise, maybe talk about another guy who got benched for a second week in a row, um, which is uh, an interesting, curious development for the Lions defense and much, much more. When we come back on the POD cast, but first Ryan, do you know that the pride of Detroit, podcast is sponsored by righteous felon i i'm i'm aware it's true <laughs> it's damn true uh and and not only are we uh a spawn not only sponsored by them but we are also big fans of righteous felon and i say this with no sarcasm uh i i'm i'm just about ready to get my third bulk order of righteous felon beef jerky by the way they do beef jerky and meat sticks uh all sorts of exotic flavors and it's it's all natural beef. It's it's amazing. It's it's honestly great stuff. Except not I would I say all natural beef, but that's not all they offer, is it, Ryan? Capone, my favorite, the turkey jerky. The turkey jerky for those health conscious people. Uh and and listen, the, the Lions use it, the, the, it's literally in their Allen Park facility. It it fuels your Detroit Lions. So if you're ever feeling down, if you ever feel like you just in your life metaphorically have given up 320 rushing yards a week load yourself up with some righteous felon and you're going to bounce back and lay 41 on on life the next week i look at what james houston's doing do you think he can do that without righteous felon jerky no i i'll I'll, (laughs) I'll ask him in the locker room this week but i'm almost certain his answer is gonna be i owe it all to righteous felon (laughs) 
And here's the great news, Ryan. If that's if everything I just read off was not good enough news, the great news here is that the Pride of Detroit podcast will give you a discount code for Righteous Felon. 15% off your orders using the code POD15. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Again, POD15, 15% off your order, which is already very reasonable prices for beef beef jerky. Beef jerky can be one of the more expensive snacks. Righteous Felon does it right. Makes it affordable, and we'll make it even more affordable. RighteousFelon.com. Code POD15. We will be right back. Get your meat. We are back on the Pride of Detroit podcast, and Jeremy had to go for a segment. It is me, Macho Man, Randy Savage. <laughs> nope, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't keep it going for more than 10 seconds at a time. But if you follow us on Twitch and watch us live on Twitch, you can do things like make me dress up as Macho Man, Randy Savage, and I will go 10 seconds as him on the podcast. But hey, let's move past that and let's talk about Lions, Bears, uh, talk about some individual performances. And Ryan, I don't know where to start because I, after these games, I, I talk with Eric about, you know, the, the players of the game, the ball game candidates. And we had a lot of trouble keeping it down to five this week because a lot of players showed up. And uh, so I, I, let's start with someone positive. I'm going to, I'm going to do dealer's choice. What do you want to start with? I, I was going to say, are you having a problem oh. coming up with? Oh, somebody to start with, because uh-huh. we need to talk about James Houston. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And <laughs> the Lions have a legitimate chess piece on defense who played a lot more than just on third down in yeah. this game, Jeremy. He sure did. He played a and, lot of first downs. And, and that was something that I was not expecting to see from from him this season. Yeah. And, and to be honest, like you would be thrilled if James Houston was a guy who you just used on third down. He was a situational pass rusher. You get a guy in the sixth round who's as disruptive as he is. I mean, that's a, that's a huge win. If you get a guy who can start playing on first down, play on second down, certainly going to be on the field for third down. James Houston is doing things that, I mean, literally nobody in the NFL has ever done. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's insane, too, because it's not like he's a secret anymore, right? He's been playing for five weeks and he's been productive for five weeks. Everyone has seen it. It's on film at this point and no one is stopping him. And I think that's because he's not doing it the same way every time. Early on, it felt like speed around the corner, dip the shoulder, sack. We're getting more than that now from James Houston. We're getting a lot of different things, including a sack in which he drops into coverage and just is like, oh, you're going to try to scramble James Houston or <laughs> you're going to try to scramble uh, Justin Fields. I'm going to shoot myself out of a freaking cannon and just spearhead you from 15, like just beeline it 15 yards away. And wrap up and like wrap, yeah, yeah. wrapping up Justin Fields, wrapping up a dude like Justin Fields is no easy task. And he did like right. it, And you could see Justin Fields. Maybe he pulls away from like, I mean, a good what 75, 80 percent of the league on that tackle that James Houston made. And he's like, no, 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 I got you. You're not going anywhere. Yeah. Like, and, it, had- and it's important to remember, too, like this is his first time playing against Justin Fields. And last yeah, time, right. last time we they they did the last time this team played against him. Basically, everyone was like, "Man, that guy's hard to take down." Man, that's got like Aiden was saying that. Uh, I don't know, like everyone on the team, Julian O'Quara was saying that. Like, man, I didn't realize he was that hard to take down. James Houston's like, "Oh no, that guy, easy. I got him. I got him. Don't worry about this, guys." Seven and a half sacks through his first six games. Eight now. I think. I think. I think they moved did they to eight. they move it to eight. Which- yeah. Seven and a half was the most of any NFL player through six games. So that means that eight is two. Yeah. Um, 
and my goodness, but like another player, if we can just talk about him a little bit, because you were, you were noticing some things that, that were very apparent in this game. Aiden Hutchinson way to be disciplined, dude. Like my goodness. I mean, you are tasked with what has been so far, like an impossible task for a lot of teams this year is setting the edge, being disciplined against Justin Fields. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson was, I mean, that's some athleticism on display today. 100%. 100%, man. I And I think I think when you look back at some of those sacks, you're going to credit Aiden Hutchinson a lot for some of those too. Because, yeah. I mean, when you get Justin Fields down, it really truly is a group effort, right? It, it's closing up all of the, the opposing lanes and forcing him to go in one direction and have someone waiting for him. And a lot of times when James Houston was getting those sacks, when, um, you know, uh, James Josh Pascal picked up two, his first two of his career, it's someone funneling him that direction. And a lot of times it was Aiden Hutchinson. And I like, we keep saying it, I feel like every week, but this guy just continues to grow and get better and learn from mistakes and all the things that the Dan Campbell said he was going to be right. He makes a mistake, but he's never going to make it a second time. And so he was much better in this game than he was against the bears the first time around. And he's pretty darn good against the bears the first time around. And you know, he was improving his run defense throughout the season. And he just, he's such a well-rounded player already at this point. He might not be the electric sack getter that that James Houston is, where he's got all these moves and 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 crazy athleticism things and, and all that sort of stuff. But he'll do everything really, really well. And he also brings the motor too. And so I think you got to be really excited about this duo and and not even talking about James Pascal and not even talking about, you know, somebody like Romeo is, is still playing pretty, pretty well, even though it seems like James probably took a lot of Romeo snaps in this game. Yeah. Um, I mean, so Josh Pascal, the two sacks that you mentioned, yep. um, have a day kid. Yep. That's awesome. Um, and, and I noticed that, I mean, one of the sacks was where they probably ideally want to be playing Pascal. And he was lined up as three tech yep, and just using, using power, using, using, you know, some, some power moves to, to get in there. Um, the other player that I wanted to just quick shout out was John Kaminsky. That dude for one had a sack on Justin Fields where he had him up around like his shoulders. <laughs> um, and he's been playing with that cast for God. I mean, so many weeks now. Right. Um, but there was a different play where he ran Justin Fields to the sideline. Yeah. And like he was hype and I was even more hype because I was like, oh, how do you have the juice to do that? Like right. you are Mr. Bull Rush. Like yeah. I can't believe that you just caught, you know, Justin Fields to the to the boundary, you know. So that was that was an awesome thing to see. Um, and then j- just one other player for me on defense specifically was like Alex Anzalone, like making some plays in run defense when when the Lions were getting gashed. Like, if there was a play that was made, I feel like it was Anzalone who was getting in there and, and filling gaps and, and, and you know, getting run fits yeah. situated. So he was playing with a lot more confidence than last week. Yeah. And again, he needed to. It, he needed to. And again, I think it's a character thing, right? It speaks to the character of just not letting one game get you down. Um, I do think we need to give a little bit love to the secondary. And this this will dovetail into a, a, a different conversation too. But just because completes thirty three percent of his passes, how many times in the NFL with, with a guy like Justin Fields, when they're able to create some of that extra time by escaping the pocket, even though he's you know under duress, a lot of good quarterbacks and and good quarterbacks like him, he's done this plenty of times. When you extend that play, it becomes a lot harder to defend, especially with the the amount of time the lines play man on man coverage. Lockdown. Like how many times was Justin Fields escaping to the sidelines only to having to just throw it to, you know, two rows deep into the crowd because no one's open. Like he did that at least three or four times in this game. And and even when he didn't, again, good coverage across the board. I don't have a single person in mind. Jerry Jacobs, I think, played decently. I know he got the penalty on the on the first drive, but um I, I mentioned if he had the the pass breakup. I think just overall a really solid performance and especially considering all the things we were saying about Iffy and, and and how much we were missing Deshaun Elliott. I didn't think about missing Deshaun Elliott once in this game. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah, it felt like it felt like he didn't need to just because the defense took away. We mentioned in the first segment, but like the defense just took away what the bears wanted to do. And 
force them into situations where they had to be a passing football team and they just couldn't get it done. So, um, but speaking of passing situations, we need to talk about the elephant in the room is Jeff Okuda getting benched for a second week in a row. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there was a specific play that, that triggered it. Um, I did see him playing special teams. Yeah. He was, he was playing gunner. So it wasn't an, an injury situation here. I don't, I don't know what to make of this, Ryan. Um, certainly not a great development. Um, I do think, I do think they like Mike Hughes a lot. So I think that plays a little bit of a part in it. I think, I think they just think Mike Hughes is playing pretty good football right now. And he, I think he was like the second highest rated defender last week. So they're not, they're not necessarily completely wrong about that, but this is a, this is a, an unfortunate turn of events for, for, for Jeff Okuda. And I don't know what, what this means for next week. Um, the, the Packers can th- certainly throw the ball better than, than the bears do. And they have a couple of receivers that that'll give the lines problems and a guy like Christian Watson and things like that. But I don't know. I, 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 I think it's entirely possible that maybe he doesn't even start next week. If you get benched two weeks in a row, like you're, you're, you're bordering on Amani or territory. And I, I tell you, there was at one point in this game where I just saw Amani and, and Jeff Okuda standing next to each other on the sidelines while the defense was out in there. I'm like, that was our number one and number two corner going into this year. What's happening right now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just a crazy sight to see. And the thing is about Okuda is what has been his calling card all year. It's been his run defense. It's yeah. been his ability to to be a willing and a uh, an effective tackler in, in defending the run. And for two weeks in a row, not good. Yeah. Not good, um, which is a bummer. But um, can we talk about good things? Yeah. You want to go let's, go, let's go offense. Yeah, we've got plenty of good things to talk about over there. Where, where are we starting? Uh, we're starting with a, a, a record that Jared Goff took from Matthew Stafford. Most touchdowns thrown at Ford Field in a season. Oh, man. I mean. Did he cross, did he cross over 40 this season? Not just uh, for home games. I think total is, I think he's close to 40. I don't know if he crossed over. But anyways. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's quite there. But um, I mean. You got to give it up to the dude. Yeah. He's playing mistake-free football. Um, He's, he's playing smart football. I, 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 I'm happy with the way that Jared Goff is playing because the lions could be in a situation. I mean, look at, look at teams like the Raiders, Jeremy. Yeah. Like somebody who, you know, I think a lot of people coming into the season, they're like, Oh man, I really like Derek Carr. Like Derek Carr is like a, you know, low-key like solid Jared Goff is is above that like Jared Goff I want to say this too Jared Goff is above Kirk Cousins like let's let's be let's be honest right now who's playing more consistent football on a week-to-week basis you know that's fair than than Jared Goff and uh, okay that sentence don't take it out of context (laughs) between those two players right I think you're getting more consistent football out of Jared Goff from week to week to week than you are getting from guys like Derek Carr and Kirk yeah. Cousins. And those are the kinds of guys that I think people were putting above Jared Goff preseason. They're like, oh no, those guys are in a tier above them. And I was certainly one of those guys. Like I thought, yeah, like there is a clear delineation between Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, that level of quarterback and Jared Goff. But I mean, I mean talk about Jared Goff today. Like, yeah. well, I mean, we do have to put it into its context, like 32nd rate defense and, Listen, the lack of a, pa- a Bears pass rush was very apparent today. And and give credit to the offensive line. Like, they've been doing that a lot this year. They've been doing that to a lot of defensive lines. It's just very clean pocket for, for Jared Goff all day. I think he he took three quarterback hits all, all game, one sack, and that happened in the fourth quarter, I believe. So when you give Jared Goff time, and I think I think Dan Campbell even said that. Like, if you give Jared Goff time to go through his progressions, he will light you up. And that's what he'll do. And that's that's why the Lions thought he would work here is because they knew they had a good offensive line. They knew they had potential in a run game. And so if you're able to give Jared Goff time with a good play action pass with a good offensive front. Yeah, he's a good enough quarterback to really, really hurt you. And really, it seems like the only inaccurate passes he's throwing at all over the past month are to Jameson Williams, because that chemistry is clearly not there yet. But I'll take it, man, because he's completing it to 10 other guys on the field that and, and Ben Johnson continues to, to draw plays to get guys open. And yeah, I, I mean, to me, if you give Jared Goff 
the amount of time that the Bears gave him, he he can beat any defense in this league. He can. And and he's really proven it. Like, yeah, he's doing today he did it against the 32nd ranked defense, but this is not just a one week thing, not not just a two week thing. It's really been a two to three month thing now that he's been really playing very solid football, not turning the ball over, um, making some deep shot passes, finding the open receiver. And and I think I think just his overall accuracy is something that we tend to maybe take for granted a little bit because there's a lot of timing routes. I I had a lot of issues with the way he was throwing the out route. He just like with Hawkinson, it really seemed like an issue. He couldn't find the guy. Now he's hitting him everywhere. Any tight end, any receiver making it look as simple as it is. And yeah, he's playing at a really, really high level right now. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's all good things with Jared Goff. And I I think the, I think the reminder that always sneaks into my head is, I mean, look at what the 49ers are able to do, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's the blueprint for what Dan Campbell wants and what Brad Holmes probably wants this football team to look like is, a, a super sound football team that can defend the run and can also run the football. And I mean, for as much flack as guys like Jimmy Garoppolo get, you know what I mean? Like those are guys that like on an EPA basis play really good football and you can find some of those numbers from Jared Goff this season. So like, I, I, I don't know. There's somebody in chat and I, this has just been bouncing around in my head, but it's like, I feel pretty comfortable with Jared Goff just being the quarterback next year. Like I've, I've seen, I've seen yeah. what it can produce and I think I'm fine with it for another season. I mean, the team has what now seven, eight games with 30 points. It's, it's hard to complain about that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, a big reason why today the running game, that's exactly what the lions want to be. And Jamal Williams have a freaking day. I'm just going to say on first bite, I think I said that the lions would have 150 yards rushing as a team. And that seemed like, Ooh, that would be a pretty nice day for the lions. Yeah. Jamal Williams almost did that by himself. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he, had they finished 140, he had 144 yards on 22 carries. Um, and I mean that, that moment, that, that picture of Jared Goff running down the sidelines as Jamal Williams rips off that big run. Like that was a pretty cool thing to see. Yeah. He and he was way downfield on the Jameson Williams play too. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Jared Goff was on the field at that point. Yeah, like he was like, I was like, I don't know if Jared Goff needs to be downfield blocking, but oh, I love the, the I, didn't re- I didn't, I didn't put it together. It was Nate Sudfield was in at that point, so Jared Goff was running down the sideline. Yeah, Got yeah. yeah. So, um, but and then and then what about? I mean, DeAndre Swift. I th- I thought this may have been Swift's best game of the year. Um, he was seeing yeah. the field really, really well. The screen, I thought he had incredible vision. His 17-yard touchdown run, he also had incredible vision. Oh, my God, the third and long? The third and long. I almost forgot about that. Third and 18 or whatever it was, and he's just wrapped up after 10 yards. The Lions are essentially giving up on the opening possession of the second half, and you're just like, okay, maybe maybe the Bears get back into this one. Oh, no. Spin tackle, break a tackle, and then like three plays later, they're in the end zone. Yeah. Huge play in the game. It was awesome, man. And and I, th- I think I probably agree with you. Like this was, I mean, this is kind of the blueprint of what you want a DeAndre Swift game to look like. I know so many people are like, oh man, like he needs more carries. He needs more touches. I mean, he had 11, he had 11 carries today. He had four catches. I think like getting him like 15 to 20 touches is a perfect amount for DeAndre Swift. And the only, the only thing that I was concerned about is like, for how long these guys were playing like DeAndre Swift was still getting carries. And I was yeah. like, I don't know if I want to be giving the ball to DeAndre Swift. Like, like this seems like a Dan Campbell decision where it's like, we should probably start pulling out some of these yeah. guys. Craig Reynolds like, is acting. Craig we'll, Reynolds we'll can run him, the ball. Yeah. yeah. Let's give him a carrier too. Jason Kabinda could touch the rock. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I don't even know where else to point. Like Amon Ra had a quiet 62 yards. Jamo, we, we can talk a little bit about him for a minute here. Um, they, they clearly try to get him more involved in this game, right? Like, yeah, they are clearly trying to, he played a lot more They had a couple plays clearly written for him. The reverse is the only one that he actually got his hands on. And what do you know? He took it for 40 yards and almost scored. Um, but yeah, they're, they're trying, um, the, the, the chemistry certainly isn't there with Goff, and, and really, you know, they, they did the bubble screen and I think 
Goff just threw that one away because there was a guy in his throwing lane. Um, the the crosser route was was maybe the more disappointing of of pass catch things. Well behind JMO. Um, you'd like to maybe see him catch it anyways, but uh, yeah, it's just a chemistry thing, and it's it's still exciting to know that he's out there and they're they're scheming things up for him, and hopefully by the time you know week one rolls around next year, they're 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 hitting the ground running with their chemistry. Yeah. Yep. And I, the, the last thing that I just want to punctuate is like, I love Khalif Raymond. <laughs> that guy is just, I mean, how dependable is Khalif Raymond? He's three, ta- three catches on three targets for 40 yards. He's like Tom Kennedy, except like actually good. Oh man. Poor Tom Kennedy catching strays. <laughs> That's not fair to Tom Kennedy. It's probably not fair. Um, like, yeah. yeah. I Yeah. But like, he's just, Khalif Raymond is uh, a perfect example of a guy who belongs on this football team. You know what I mean? Like a guy who almost like, you know, was cast away and almost like saw himself fall out of the league. And then he ends up, I mean, huge plays this year. Absolutely huge plays. And this is a guy that like, you know, a lot of people are like, ah, he was, he was one of the guys that people talked about, Oh, why are the Lions just re-signing their old players? Like, yep. what 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 good is Khalif Raymond going to do on this team? I mean, he's made a lot of really really crucial important plays this year, and but I I think I think that the reason why Khalif Raymond pops into my head when you're talking about JMO is like there's so many other guys like Amon Ross St. Brown crossed over 100 receptions this year. Yep, uh, you d- didn't even really yards, right? Yeah, and you and you didn't even hear Josh Reynolds. Name to I mean, we had one catch I think for five yards but like DJ Shark two catches for fifty six yards like so many weapons a big a big one hander too that got him out of like a a you know inside your own ten yard line situation so yeah, yeah. and and James Mitchell with his weekly one big catch yeah which I I love it tight end crew showing up yeah and that's that's gonna happen when you run as much play action as the lines do. But and, uh, and and the the one thing I want to say about the tight ends is like that's the thing that I want to check out on a second watch is like how like what was their role in in the run game today yeah. and it had to obviously probably be pretty good for sure no question all right um that's enough fun talk now we got to start talking about the playoffs because it wasn't a perfect day for the playoffs and things look a little desperate for Detroit. Uh, in terms of their playoff picture, uh, they still obviously are in the hunt, which is an accomplishment in and of itself. But when we come back, we are going to dive into the details of what needs to happen, our thoughts about whether they will or won't happen, and obviously a big upcoming game against the Green Bay Packers. All of that and more when we come back on the POD cast. And we are back to close out the POD cast myself and Ryan Matthews. Uh, Okay. Let's talk about it, Ryan. Um, We did not think we'd still be talking playoffs at this point in the season, uh, especially after that one and six start. but the lions have kept their playoff hopes alive with this win. They're now eight and eight, 500 along with two other teams who are battling for that final wildcard spot, the Seattle Seahawks. And of course the green Bay Packers, um, basically it's, it's just those three fighting for the final spot and here's, here's what needs to happen for the lines. Um, it's very, very simple. They need to beat the Packers. They need the Seahawks to lose or tie or the lions and Packers can tie and the Seahawks can lose. So it can be not so straightforward, but in the most general sense, in the most general sense, when Seahawks lose. Yeah. And Which, yeah, it's not. It doesn't feel like a very likely scenario considering the Seahawks are are playing the Los Angeles Rams who just got their, their, their butts kicked by the, the chargers, but it's a divisional game. Divisional games are weird. Baker Mayfield's playing. Okay. They, they played him close last time. I think with, with Walford or Wolford or whatever as their quarterbacks. So not out of the question that, that an upset could be, could happen there, but let's, Let's make, I mean, if you have an opinion on that, you can give it, but I feel like maybe our, our focus for the segment should be Lions versus Packers. 
Yeah, I, I think the only thing I want to say about the Seahawks is like they are a football team that is the very definition of a new age wildcard team, right? Like and I, I talked about this, but like the the last team that makes it in 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 the respective conferences, you're probably going to get a lot of teams that aren't quote unquote playoff teams week in and week out. The Seahawks are certainly one of those football teams. Yeah. Um, so maybe the playoff caliber Seahawks don't show up next week because that's just kind of who they've been. I mean, yeah, yeah they, they have a plus three point differential. They they were coming off three game losing streak going into this game. They had lost five of six going into this last week. So it's not like this is a hot team. It's not like they're incapable of, of making uh, a mistake. They lost against the Raiders. They got lost against the Buccaneers. Both of those were at home. This game's going to be in. No, this game's going to be home as well. Um, so even even playing in Seattle isn't you know necessarily a, a big home field advantage. Although you have to imagine it's going to be pretty rocking this week. But they had lost one, two, three, four, five home games in a row going into this week, and uh, they did beat the Jets at home. Obviously, Jets screw you, Vikings screw you. Uh, no help from them at all. Didn't even come close. So now we're coming down to Week 18 trip to Lambeau with playoffs potentially on the line um i guess here's my first question if for whatever reason we still don't know in terms of flex when this game is going to be played compared to when the seahawks game is going to be played it could be before it could be after it could be at the same time but let's just say for the sake of argument the the seahawks games played they win how much does it matter to you to just knock the packers out just be just play spoiler let's say the Playoff shots out the window. How important to you is it just to stick it to the Packers? Well, I would love for the Lions to stick it to the Packers. Um, <laughs> I, I think that every Lions fan, regardless of the outcome of the Seattle game, um, like you're saying in that situation, if the Seahawks win, I still want to see. And I know that Dan Campbell is still going to play yeah. balls to the wall. And hey, send a message to the NFC North by, I mean, it. Think about the optics of this, right? The Packers just mollywopped the Vikings. I think we're all at the understanding that the Vikings, meanwhile, have are still undefeated in one score games. <laughs> I hate the football team. <laughs> I hate the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> but but I think a message gets sent. Yeah. If the Lions can win this game against Green Bay, then all of a sudden, do we finish this season saying? And and this is all, of course, you know, once the Vikings get their teeth kicked in, in in the first round of the playoffs. But we walk away from this season saying, were the Detroit Lions the best football team in the NFC North? Are they the NFC North favorites in 2023? I, and, and I don't know how much that discussion changes based on whether or not they beat Green Bay. But yeah. I know that winning definitely makes it a topic of conversation. Yeah. Um. You know, it's, if they how how much of this game, though, so let, let's keep the same scenario. And I want to kick a question back to you. Yeah. Se- Seahawks win. Lions say or the Lions, you know, uh, fate is sealed, but. They they lose a close game to the Green Bay Packers. It'll hurt. Um, yeah, I, I think I think. Knocking the Packers out of the playoffs is a hell of a consolation prize, because if you follow yeah, the like, best consolation it, prize, it, it, it might Packers be, tears. Yeah, come on. Yeah, and especially considering the media coverage, which I don't blame. Like the Packers are an interesting story. They they come back from four and eight, and and they're they're now in the driver's seat and all that sort of stuff. And Packers are already a media media darling, but media's talking like they're already in. And it does like it, the Packers it, it, are talking like they're already the in. Packers are talking like they're already in. And so for the Lions to come in there, punch them in the mouth and win and just be like, we're dragging you like it's it's the Dan Campbell analogy. We're going to bring you down to the deep. We're going to drag you under the <laughs> water. We might not make the playoffs, but you bitch asses aren't coming either. <laughs> like, yeah. I want that. Yeah, that sounds like a great like I know people are going to be upset if the Lions don't make the playoffs. But if that happens. I think people are going into 2023 ecstatic about this team. You, you have a winning record. You you win on the road in a big game in week 18. You have a five and one record in the division, by the way, if they win this game. Five and one record in the division. And the one you lost, you had. You had that game in Minnesota. 
And so, yeah, I'm feeling pretty damn good about this team if they if they win, no matter what happens in Seattle. Now, will they win? I don't know. I think these two teams are playing pretty good football right now. And and it's going to be a close game, I think. And it's going to be, I, I think I think each team kind of has an imbalance. I, th- I think the Lions should be able to pass the ball against the Packers. The Packers might be able to run the ball against the Lions. Weather's going to obviously take, you know, uh, a, a big effect on the game as well. It's going to be a, a slobber knocker to put it in, in wrestling terms, since I'm dressed up as Macho Man <laughs> Randy Savage right now. I, It's, it's going to be fun and it's going to be nerve wracking and I'm going to be a ball of emotions the entire time, but man, to, to have like real stakes. And, and I know knocking the Packers out of the playoffs might not be considered real, real stakes, but they are for this football team. They are for this football team, especially when you will theoretically miss out on the playoffs on a tiebreaker. Like that is such a huge step. And that is such a statement game. And it's God. I mean, just the satisfaction for all the attention that the Packers get for all of the assumptions that are happening right now for all of this, the Packers are the Packers are a dangerous team. Oh, look out for the Packers are a dangerous team. Well, might not be dangerous if they're, if they're sitting at home golfing on January 20th. Perfect golf weather out there uh, in Wisconsin, for sure. Um, I, I think the thing to keep in mind about the season is the way that I think the Lions have at so many junctures in the, 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 the last two thirds of the season, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you have the one and six start and then it's always, and, and it's Dan Campbell talking about this. It, it's about clearing these benchmarks, right? Or I think it was Aaron Glenn who was talking about like, okay, like you, yep. you, you won this game, but like, Hey, can you go on the road and can you beat the giants? And Oh, you can do that. Like, can you do this? Can you do the lions have cleared so many hurdles this season alone that I agree with Jay-Z like moral victories are for minor league coaches, but a win over the Packers says that you were a missed field goal away from sweeping the division. Are you kidding me? Like Jeremy, the field goal posts that have been moved this season have been, Oh man, isn't it nice that the lions are playing meaningful football on Thanksgiving, right? (laughs) It we're in an entirely different year. Now it's 2023. And we're talking about how, the Lions are still playing for the playoffs. And I think it, regardless of any scenario, any situation, you bring this to a Lions fan before the season and you say, hey, you're playing for the playoffs in Lambeau week 18. You would say, man, this football I mean, team. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, strap me in. And and the thing is, you didn't want to miss the, the you didn't want to miss those 17 weeks. You know what I mean? Like right. what an incredible ride it's been. 100%. For the Lions. And I mean, just God damn it, man. <laughs> beat the Packers. Please just beat the Packers. Just do it. Like, just just right. It just, almost it almost feels like it doesn't even matter if the Seahawks win or not. Like if the Lions beat the Packers, I'm going to feel pretty damn good about the season. And this and, and I want to bring this to the other side. And I know I know it's maybe wet blanketing here, but let's let's talk about if they don't beat the Packers. Let's talk yeah. about okay. our, our feelings about the season, our feelings about SOL and all that sort of stuff. Because, listen, it's going to creep up. If the Lions lose that game, if they get blown out in this game, people are going to say SOL. They can't win the big game. When when everything was oh my on God. the line. If the Rams win, if the Rams win and that happens. I, that I didn't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about that <laughs> scenario. But, listen, I, I think you just highlighted it really well. Like, this team has knocked down so many ghosts of the past, so many demons already they've 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 won divisional games they've won road games they won three almost four in a row on the road or was it four and five whatever like they have done so many things that previous lions teams have never done that it does feel a little bit like they're playing with house money right now and especially now that playoff odds seem a little far-fetched i'm i'm listen in the moment i'm going to be devastated if they lose to the packers of course i am yeah because it's it like it's a it's a perfect opportunity to just stick it to Packers fans in the way that when it, I mean when have the Lions ever had this opportunity to knock the Packers out of the playoffs? I can't think of it ever happening, honestly. Like you go back to the Matt Flynn game, it was the opposite, right? The Packers were already sitting pretty in the playoffs. They had a chance to knock the Lions down to the six or seven seed or whatever they ended up doing, and they did. 
Lions have never really been in this opportunity to literally knock them out of the playoffs. That would feel freaking amazing for yeah. for a franchise that has haunted this fan base for a long time. And and for for the amount of times you get that like Mad Men comeback from Packers fans whenever you talk to them, when you're just like, I hate you, I hate you. And they're like, I don't even think about you. Well, I want them to think about us. I want it. I want, I want them to go back 10 years from now and think we had that opportunity and the freaking lions knocked us out. That's what I want. I I want this to be their Matt Flynn game, but, but in the larger scope, my whole, my other, my whole point was going to be if they don't win this game, if all, if that doesn't happen, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? You have to be, you have to take a little perspective and say, Hey, eight and nine's a pretty damn good season for coming off a of three thirteen in one season. Hey, they made an incredible run. They they played some really entertaining games. They're, they're doing this with the youngest roster in the NFL too. Like let's not lose sight of that. The fact that this team is on the verge of the playoffs with one of the youngest rosters, if not the youngest roster in the NFL, that's impressive. That means good things are ahead. So we can't we can't lose sight of any of that. But at the same time, just beat them, just beat them, please, please, please. I, I I think what you said about the whole Mad Men analogy, where it's like, hey, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, but the other side's not thinking about you. What that really made me think of is, I don't know if this is hyperbolic to say, but this could be a changing of the guard moment for the NFC North. Ooh, I hate to attribute so much to one game, but it, it does. I, but, I get what you're going at here. Your your point where you say, hey, 10 years from now. We could be looking back and saying, like, this is the moment where things changed. Yeah. And I'm here's the thing. It's not so important to say, like, if the Lions lose, that moment is gone or lost. <laughs> but this does feel like one of those moments where you can. With some hindsight in mind, you can look 10 years later and be like, oh, man, like that Lions win. That was the year where they almost swept the NFC North. They knocked the Packers out of playoff contention. And Aaron Rodgers isn't getting younger. It's it's funny you bring this up. Are we afraid of the Vikings? No. How far away are the Chicago Bears? Way far. Like they, 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 they need to draft 50 players. 50 <laughs> but um like i just rewatched that video of the bills locker room five five or so years ago when they're they're watching i think i think the ravens either win or lose and it got them into the playoffs and you know one of the offensive linemen is sharing the moment with with his kids other other guys are crying and um you know that 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 was a very poignant moment for that bills franchise in which now Five years later, they are a premier team in the NFL. And now I'm just thinking, Lions go out and win in Lambeau. And this this is a scenario where this game is at 1 o'clock, and so is the Seahawks game, which is probably not going to happen. But they're just standing there. They're watching Baker Mayfield put the game away. And you're getting that same video inside the Packers locker room where the Packers can hear them from the other side of the room. I Now I want that moment so freaking bad. I want that moment more than anything in the world now. I mean, can we just put a little dash of Matthew Stafford celebrating on the sideline? Can we activate Matthew Stafford for the final game? <laughs> yeah. Can we just bring it? Listen, his 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 head, his back, whatever neck. I'm sure he's fine. Yeah, his back that has been a problem for the past like four seasons. I'm sure the numbness in his legs. Like, just you know, offer a shot, and I'm sure he'll be fine. Tore it all. But man, that's that's what you're offering Lions fans. You're offering them a shot. And this is this is their shot. They can take their shot this week. They can. Yeah. All right. I think we'll close it out there. We'll 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 dream on for the next six or seven days as Okay, Steven Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean just I think I think we should all take the next five or six days to just be thankful we're we're in this moment. We 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 can dream up scenarios in which the Lions either trash the Packers season or somehow work their way into the playoffs. Um either way, uh we're talking about fun, exciting Detroit Lions football into January, into the second week of January. And I love that, it. I love it. 
Uh, and with that, we'll close things up. I hope you guys had a happy New Year's Eve. Hopefully 2023 continues on this upward trajectory. But until next time, it's chaos. Be kind. Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com.